1: Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast, a podcast for diehard Bengals fans. Them, how
2: are you feeling, my dude? I'm feeling pretty good, not as good as I want to be feeling. We'll get into that in a second. But coming off of a big, big victory, it's not our championship. We're not LSU Tigers, but I feel like we have a piece of it, right? Because our future quarterback to be uh, won a national championship through for damn near five hundred yards, five touchdowns on a ba- in a, in a bad game, right? That wasn't even his best performance we've seen all year, and not even close to it, you know. Wasn't yeah. that the sneakiest
1: five hundred yards you've ever seen? Definitely was the sneakiest five hundred yards I've ever seen, and I'm not la- I'm not gonna lie, man, I got Tom Brady vibes.
2: I got I got some Brady vibes from that game. Brady vibes. I feel like, but, you know, I, I got the tweet going on on Twitter right now. If you guys don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about Joe Burrow. But I'm, I, I, I can't take all the credit for it. But a guy told me one time before, he said, man, uh, we had a live podcast, I mean, a live stream. And I said, man, he reminds me of like an old quarterback. And a guy said, man, he does kind of remind me of Steve Young a little bit. And right. I've been running with that ever since. And everybody – uh, kind of credits me with it, I think. But it's a guy that told me that first, and I can't think of his name. So if you're listening to this guy that told me that, I love you, because after that, I immediately went to YouTube, and I said, you know what? He's a right-handed C. Young. If you watch him, he really, really moves. Like like that national championship game, it gave right. me C. Young vibes. Because Tom Brady, the greatest asset for Tom Brady is eyes in the back of his head, pocket presence, It which Joe Brady... I mean, I said Joe, Brady. Uh, Joe Burrow has right, but, but he's got the quickness. But he's still as big as Tom Brady, and, he, but, and I, I don't know. It's just that guy. He's special. He's very special. I, the one concern I do think though is that don't you worry about this? Is that this might be his peak? Do you feel like he'll still grow?
1: I think that he still can grow, like, and I think that. It's funny that you talk about Steve Young and Bengals fans don't kill me right now, but my favorite quarterback of
2: all time. Oh, is Steve I know what you're about to say.
1: My favorite quarterback of all time is Steve Young, but it's oh, okay, okay, okay. okay.
2: I thought you were about to say Joe Montana. I was about to say in the show. No, nah, but
1: off right but, but but a segue into Joe Montana. I was listening to Bucky Brooks and uh, Daniel Jeremiah's podcast earlier, and they said that they were talking to some older scouts that have had some skin in the game for a while. And they kind of dropped the whole Joe Montana comparison for Burrow as well. So that kind of they said that is he's eerily similar to Joe Montana, and I was like, whoa, that's kind of that's kind of bad to be putting out there. But,
2: you know what was so crazy all year? We were getting uh, uh, remember the comparison was Drew Brees, right, 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 and Joe Montana at one point too. The reason why Joe Montana wasn't like. Joe Montana until later is because of the arm strength concerns. All these but guys that's the that thing. It,
1: Joe's, Joe's arm wasn't that, like, his arm wasn't crazy like that. That's what a lot of people the, are saying. As,
2: exactly, about Joe Burrow. Yeah,
1: Right, it's like that
2: but, and, and You know, And you know what's so crazy, though? Once you get into the league, you start working with these quarterback coaches and stuff like that. This worked for, uh, for, for Dalton for a little bit. You develop different traits and different releases that do get the projection of the ball out like a lot faster, different ways to get the ball like to to go a little further, like different things that, that, that the the true, true pros, pros start to learn and develop as you go on. But I'm a firm believer of how hard you throw it right now is that's that's who you are. And yeah, there are passes that he throws that are a little lofty. And I ain't talking about the touch passes which he I mean he's I've never seen a touch pass like that. Like I mean, maybe, like, I can't even think of somebody. Like, you know, like some of those little touch passes that he was throwing and they're, like, 10 or 15 yards and he just throws it right over a linebacker and it it just seems to drop right into the the arms of, you know, whoever he wants it to get to. I'm not talking about those. He throws these passes sometimes that I do, do look at at the NFL level and say, well, that worked. Like, like if if Earl Thomas is coming across – in the middle of the field, would that work? But PFF has a really, really good stat. Do you know that 3% of his passes thrown this whole entire year? Now, mind you, people, if you're listening to this, Joe Burrow's 15-0. and 0, He's just broken every record in the world, 60 touchdowns, six interceptions, whole entire year, right? And to me, yards, touchdowns, and stuff like that don't really move the meter for me like that anymore, just like sacks don't move the meter. But Joe Burrow, 3% of his throws are even uh, incomplete interception-worthy passes. The six interceptions that he threw, four of them, they're listed as they could have been catchable balls. Isn't that the most – that is the most insane thing I think I heard all over the year. The next closest person, Trevor Lawrence, just to give you a perspective, is in the 9, 12, 9 to 12 percent percentile of throws that they feel as though are borderline-like interception-worthy passes, and that's after they started doing his first four, uh, four, first four games of the season because his first four games of the season, he didn't come out the tank really well, but they're just doing that later on. Like most of the most of the college quarterbacks, 18% of their passes, like the top tier guys, like the next guys that everybody's looking at, like Hurts is like 13 or 14%. I don't want to say the wrong stuff, but the average, you know, top-tier quarterback, second round, third round, like 18%, 20% of their passes are, like, almost interceptable. Joe Burrow, 3%. And, but when you watch a game, though, some of them passes that are, like, 20 yards down the field, they, they're not coming out like bullets, and I see it. And I saw it, like, a couple of times in that national championship game where it kind of looked like they were on the ropes a little bit he was back in um back in his uh territory now mind you think about this though the first play of the game how about that first right. play of the game is a is a 45 yard touchdown i mean not touchdown a pass that gets uh taken off the you know taken off the books like so we're talking about a guy that could have thrown for 500 something yards but that pass gets taken away and then he's got three short three uh drives where he has to start on his side of the field in right. those uh Drives or whatever, he looked very pedestrian in those, and it didn't worry me because, like we said before this thing, Ace, we were saying, I said if he had a bad showing, I don't care. I got a fourteen game sample size. That's my guy. He could have thrown sure. four or five. Just like a Trevor Lawrence enthusiast, right? They don't care that Trevor Lawrence didn't look like Tom Brady on, you know, on on Monday night. They're looking at the the overall body of work, and that's what, the same thing I'm doing with Burrow. And I just don't feel like he could have messed it up. But not only did he build his, you know, build up his resume even more, I just felt like he was so sharp later on in the game. But early on, you could see some of those passes. He had a near pick on one of them that I remember, and it was on the third drive. And this is the part where I think Clemson uh, was, I think, the I think the tiger, I Tiger episode. the bank. I think the LSU Tigers are only up by three or something like that, and he threw a bad pass. Like He had a couple of those in there, so I could see it. And I don't know if it's just he's so confident that he doesn't think he can get picked off, but, you know, those are the things that people are talking about. There's some new things that I want to talk about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We can get into those new things, but um, definitely was, having that front row seat in the national championship or watching your quarterback who's uh, basically played flawless this entire season, continue to make moves and make clutch plays on the biggest stages was something that was big to me. Because one thing that I will say is I do not watch a lot of college football. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys. I was listening back to one of our shows. I said that Baker Mayfield was like a one-year player. Clearly he was not. Um, after doing some research. But one thing that I will say is things that I, I tend to look at, I, I definitely look at highlights, and I get a lot of criticism from that, which to me is kind of crazy, right, because I played football before, so I know what to look for. And if to me it's just the logic is I want to see all of your best plays. If I'm not wowed by all of your best plays, then you don't move the needle for me. Like your highlights should be your best plays. But anyway – Um, the one thing that I look for too is outside of just the highlights is I kind of look at the production and big moments against big teams. I look and see what they did against teams in the SEC, the Alabamas, and, you know, I at least have a general knowledge to know that Alabama and Clemson and Georgia, those are big games. Um, but the other thing that I also look at is like what they did in a bowl game. Like I look at what they did on third downs, how many plays do they have? converting big third downs, how how much adversity do they go through? You talk about Joe Burrow, not just this year, but last year, I pointed to the UFC game, or the UCF game, sorry, um, his bowl game that he had last year. He goes out, he throws a pick six, he gets pretty much clobbered on that play, right? I don't know if you've seen that, for you guys that haven't yes. seen it, be sure to check it out. He gets clobbered, goes down 14-0. to zero. You know, he ends up turning up, turning that whole thing around, goes up, they end up taking the ball win, and it's just it's just crazy. Like, it's the moxie that he's showing, and I think that we saw that um, going into the national championship. Even though they were the favorite team, they got down early. Uh, they went down by 10 points, and he was still able to recap and come back. Next thing you know, he's up by basically two touchdowns, and then the next thing you know, it's a blowout. It, it, the guy just was unreal. I mean – you talk about that other touchdown pass that was dropped by one of his receivers. This guy could have
2: had another
1: seven touchdowns again. And, uh, he could have
2: had another at the end of the game when they nailed the ball gracefully. Like, they were about to score again. If you right. Remember they nailed the ball and they were at the five-yard line with, like, right. 30, like 30 seconds left? He have scored another touchdown right there.
1: Right. So, for me, like, he, he just showed exactly um, what I wanted to see, and it just was exciting to be – the team that is getting all of this national attention now because we are the people that will be getting the best college quarterback that has ever statistically had an amazing
2: year in
1: college. He took out, man. He took out everybody.
2: They took out everybody. Think about it. They took out – you say you don't watch that much college football. They took out five – of the top eight, you know, programs in the in the college ranks, and like all, and blew them all out. I don't, I don't think that's ever happened. Like the best teams you could name, because they were like doing. Well, what about Cam Newton's year? They started naming all these different guys, and I'm like, cool. Like when I was growing up, it was Charlie Ward and Charles Woodson. Those are like the teams. Those are the guys. You know, like for me, right. but. They didn't have to play all of those teams. They had like they they get challenged like two times every year, you know, right. until the college football thing. But throughout the year, I mean, LSU took the top ten and annihilated every single one of them. And I had a I had an argument with an Alabama fan because that's the only team that they didn't annihilate. annihilate. But two of the, is that I think that's the game that Tua got hurt in, right? And so Mm -hmm. that was his go-to. But I'm like, come on. You know if Joe had the ball at the end, like, that's a W. And I think that carries over to the NFL. And I feel like that's the strongest point. So even in a tight game like that against the most talent, he never, ever wavers. He's always confident and maybe a little too confident. Um, yeah, let's uh, talk
1: about let's talk about <laughs> some of this overconfidence, because we were talking before we started recording. But let let the people in on some of this, some of these uh, disturbing Come things that you came across. So so all right, so
2: I don't know if you guys have all seen it. I, I'm gonna give you a number of things I've been tallying up since since Joe Burrow has really really crossed my radar and he's really been the guy. Right? So first of all, it started off really like, You got, like, they pull up old racist tweets, things like that. I could live with that immaturity. You know, you live in a different area. You're not, you know, not around these people like that. I don't think he's racist. I don't even really know the validity of the tweets that they're even pulling up. Then you go a little bit further. He definitely has gone on record to say he doesn't like Skyline Chili. That's come up (laughs) even more again. They asked him about it again. He said, I hate Skyline Chili. So if I'm Skyline Chili, I would tweet out and say, hey, Joe, like come on in there for a day. Come to the kitchen and help us cook some chili. Right, if I'm Skylar, chili that's free promotion, whatever. But I do like the fact he started off the sentence and said, uh, "I hope Cincinnati doesn't hate me for that," right? Because that would that would mean that maybe I'm reading it too much into this. You tell me. That. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. All he, of he,
1: these, he, all of these, uh, big time analysts out here talking about Joe Burrow should force a trade and all of this, right? I, I think you're on to something. I'll continue with your point, my friend. Check this out.
2: He starts the sentence off and says, "I hope Cincinnati doesn't hate me for this." Right? Why would Cincinnati even care? He could have said Ohio. He didn't have to say Cincinnati. Skyline is not limited to 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 just you know Cincinnati, as you pointed out before we even talked on the thing. You're talking about like Covington and all, all of these different places. Also, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, Joe Burrow's girlfriend is, is a big time Reds fan. So like I've been digging into this stuff. So if he absolutely just hated Cincinnati, you you know what I'm saying? Like, say my wife is a Steelers fan. Right? I, I that that wouldn't even happen in my world. Right? <laughs> like if I hate him so much and I despise <laughs> it, like I hate I hate the Steelers that much and that sounds crazy. But if I would have met her and she said, yeah, I'm a Steelers fan, if later on in our relationship she said she's a Steelers <laughs> fan, like we wouldn't even work. You know, I just hate I hate the Steelers that much. And that's a little crazy, but it just wouldn't even have been a relationship. Like I'm that I'm that much embedded into being a Bengals fan. So I think that's a, a telltale sign. But him saying that about leading that about the Skyline Chili, it sounds stupid, but why would he even care? And why would he lead with I hope Cincinnati doesn't hate me for that? Is because he's showing to me the humility in itself and showing like in a future tense Cincinnati is going to learn to love me maybe or Cincinnati is going to be tied to me, and that's the only reason why I'm even starting my senses off like that. All right, but then we move a little bit further. He has an interview. This is one thing I don't like about what's been going on. When you go back and look at the Boomer Esaias and Helmet thing, it's a little cringy, a little weird, a little awkward. He could have—I don't want to say what he could have, should have, did because I'm not—I'm—I'm I'm not going to tell the kid what to do. But I thought that was a little cringy, and it wasn't like like this is what I would want him to say. Is that I'm a winner, and whoever drafts me is going to get a winner. But when any time somebody asks them about the Bengals thus far. He he kind of shies away from it and says, oh, I want to focus on the game or I want to focus on my training or, you know, all these different things, right? He shies away from it. He could just say, yeah, like, whoever's going to drive me is going to get a ring, a la Lamar Jackson, right? Like, the boy's about to get a ring off me, right? That's, that's one thing I would want him to say. He doesn't have to say that, but the fact that he shies away from Bengals' comments, it doesn't rub me the right way. I don't like that. Okay, so now we're past the game. Now he goes and go, does an interview uh, with Barstool uh, Network. Is um, uh part of, my, part of my take, not part of your interruption. I don't know why I want to say that. I forgot the guys' names or whatever, but they got a podcast. If you guys check this out, um, you can go on YouTube, and I think they cut it down to the five minutes because after that they talk to Coach O because Coach O comes in the room. There's a lot of big mistakes in this interview. And last year I was telling Ace how Kyler Murray, whoever his agent was, and I think at the time he didn't, might didn't have an agent. He was with his father or whatever. He would do interviews. He would twinkle He would twinkle his, his hair as he's talking. He would chew bubble gum. They would ask him questions like, oh, are you going to go to spring training? Because remember he had the whole thing with the Yankees. He'd be like, mm-hmm, uh. Yeah, he'd be like, uh, I don't know. And, you know what I'm saying? He didn't have any proper media training. I would be okay with that. But the main thing about Baker Mayfield coming out of college that people hated and they killed me for, and now I'm eating my words because I'm like, yeah, I see it now. But he came off as a douche, and he came off as a little too cocky, and now we're seeing that manifest itself in the NFL when things aren't going his way. He's starting to take that cockiness, walk out of interviews, walk out of stuff. And this interview that I'm talking about, this Barstool thing, first and foremost. These guys that I'm talking about, they curse on their podcast. This is normal. They fart. They talk about taking shits. All this type of stuff. They're cool beer drinking guys, right? But as a 23 year old, Joe Burrow's not 18, 19. He's not Trevor Lawrence, and I'm not really giving him that pass. He's on there saying blatantly that he's drunk because they're baiting him, him into it. Whether they, whether Joe Burrow knows it or not, when guys you oh, bro, we're so drunk and da-da-da-da, right? You say, oh, man, you got... Like, my response is, man, you guys are fried. Like, you guys are cooked, and, and you talk about <laughs> and you talk about the other person. Like, you say, man, you guys... Man, y'all sure y'all, sure y'all want to do the interview? I don't think y'all can do it. But Joe Burr's falling into the trap. Like, I don't know, man. I'm pretty drunk, too. Like, come on, dude. Like, so I can get over that. Some people say, man, Zem, your man's too critical. He just won the championship. He's drunk. Cool. But what I know, what I don't, maybe because I'm not going to play the race card, but me being a black man in America, you don't go into any corporate environment, anything with cameras on, and tell people you're drunk. You don't go in there and say you're hot. I don't care if marijuana is legal. Where I'm I'm at, uh, I got my medical card, all that stuff. You'll never know if I was high. I won't tell you I'm high, and I'm not going to go on air and talk about it and say I'm hot. I'm not going to go and say I'm drunk, especially – If I'm about to sign the biggest contract of my life, in that interview, he has so many quotables that are so cringy, they ask him, can he beat the Bengals? He says, no comment. You idiot. You need to come out (laughs) and say, yo, girl, you need to say, no, we can't beat the Bengals. We're a college football team that's a professional football team. Next question. Like, move on to the next question. They ask him, "What what about his college experience? Oh yeah, I, I got two degrees, bro. Like, um, I, I took online classes. I, I got two degrees, and I mean, I'm a college quarterback. To to suggest that it's easier for a college quarterback, which we all know, right? But right. you don't come out and say like, like that's just like the guys I went to school with. Russell Wilson is my lab partner. He could get he they give the, the athletes. If you guys don't know, they give student athletes the goddamn answer sheet. Russell Wilson didn't have to do shit. Russell Wilson was in there working harder than anybody I know in our group, I think. Now, in contrast, there's other guys that a couple of those guys who made it to the NFL didn't do that well, whatever. Some of those guys had those answer sheets. I barely saw them in class. When I did see them, they'd be like, bro, what happened? You know what I'm saying? They didn't have to go to class. They just got the answer sheets because the teachers, the professors would give out the same exact quiz. Quizzes and tests to everybody, and even if they didn't have the same exact ones, they would just give them the old ones. This is an old college thing. It's it's a systematic process that goes on. People that are involved know that this goes on. Joe Burrow in this interview is suggesting that he didn't have to do shit. He did online classes. They didn't ask Joe Burrow, um, "Are you hurt?" Oh no, no, I didn't break a rib or whatever. They asked him right there because there's a report saying he broke one rib. Right? It's truly false. He tore some cartilage in his in his rib in the interview, I mean in the game. So then he's saying no. So now he should. I'm not telling him what to say. This is like media training shit, and I am and I'm not a PR. I'm not a, a PR guru or anything like that. But you you don't go into the details of an injury because now when they ask him why are you going to the Senior Bowl, he doesn't even have a legit excuse. Like what? If you're about to drag if you're about to get drafted from the Bengals, right? And you know you got eight million on the table, and you know that that's about to come up. You want to meet those people. You want to talk to them people and say like, "What's y'all playing, Right? And if my first interaction with you could be the Senior Bowl, I at least want to go there and talk to y'all. I don't even have to play in the game. Yeah, my ribs are a little sore. I'm not playing in that game because I I know my value. Whatever. He's not playing in the games. He's telling everybody that he doesn't have broken ribs. They say, what are you about to do? Oh, I'm about to go home and I'm about to celebrate this week. Okay, what you going to do the week after that? I'll probably go back and celebrate another week. And then, uh, oh, yeah, then i go to California and throw the football a little bit. Now, that could mean, yeah, I'm going to California to train, right? But why are you just saying it so nonchalantly like, yeah, I'm going to throw the football around? Like, go listen to this interview. It's like It's a disaster. And this is how people ask me what could go wrong. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. But say the Bengals fall in love with Herbert. Now, Herbert's on the north side and Bengals are coaching the south side, right? But say they mm-hmm. say they fell in love with Herbert's practice stuff and then Joe and Joe Burrow blows them off every time that they try to get it. Like, hey, Joe, we want to talk to you. We want to meet up with you. We got a scout out there in California. Hey, just want to meet up with you, Joe. Oh, uh, Zach's going to be out in California. He's out there visiting uh, 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 Sean McVeigh or whatever. You want to meet him, Joe? And Joe's like, no, nah, I don't want to meet him. But Herbert's out there working his ass off. That's how this could go into a disaster mode. They asked uh, Joe Burrow about the money. He says, yeah, I'm about to get a lot of money. Like, come on, bro. He's like, yeah, I'm about to get the biggest paycheck I've ever got. Yeah, we know that, but you don't have to tell us regular fucking coming folk that. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the last thing somebody from Ohio wants to hear. is some guy coming in and saying, yeah, I'm about to get millions of dollars in, yeah, and I'm about to throw the football around and I don't really give a fuck. And oh yeah, and can we can we beat the Bengals? Uh yeah, no comment. Like to suggest. In the interview he says that, hey, um, yeah, I could throw we could, I could have thrown the ball with my eyes closed and the receivers would have caught it. If we were that confident. To me that sounds like like you're a prick. Like you to suggest that Clemson is not to suggest that Clemson's not good enough, um, you know, throughout most of the interview, he's sounding really, really confident and just like, yeah, we were confident we going to win. That's what we want. But we don't want somebody walking around saying like, yeah, I can just throw with my eyes closed and it's going to happen. He also said, yeah, I'm good at picking up blitzes. We went to meetings, but, yeah, when I would pick up blitzes, yeah, they better be they better get ready to sack me. The guys interviewing him said, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you could do that in the NFL. He's like, yeah, maybe not. I don't, I don't even know. But the way that he says it, it's just re- it really rubs me the wrong way. To suggest that you think that you're about to scramble around and run for a hundred yards like your Lamar Jackson and just dominate the NFL. Which he might do. But the leader of a football team cannot just come out and say these things and fall into the trap of a drunk interview until everybody's in a drunk interview.
0: He mm-hmm. admit
2: he admits that Odell Beckham Jr. gives him money. They say, Oh, whoa, whoa. He's like, Yeah, I ain't a college athlete no more. But what about your what about your players that are still on, at LSU? What if the the NCAA comes back and thanks to you and says, uh, yeah, this guy took um, money and technically he was still on the field. And you know, the NCAA, they're relentless. They're like the IRS. They don't care. So what about your peers that you just played all that with? You're going to just throw them all on the bus and say, yeah, I did get money. They said, is he handing out fake money? No, he wasn't handing out fake money. It was real money. So the interview is just, if you didn't like Baker Mayfield coming out because of his antics, I know y'all see Joe Burrow smoking cigars and it's cool and all that stuff like that. But for the leader of a franchise, this is not what, like people, this is a lot of people's first impressions of him. And I just, just, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And it's not, I got a lot invested in this, just like all of you are listening to this. We don't need the leader of our future being drunk on interviews and being this damn cocky. Like, he's super cocky in this thing. And there's nothing wrong with being cocky as long as you back it up. But that's not what people want to hear. And so what happens is they villainize you. So then you are Odell Beckham Jr. So Odell Beckham Jr. is a good teammate to his teammates, but to the media stuff and the media, the stories, that the narrative that are out there, they make him look like a total shithead all the time. So no matter what he does, he's always the villain. We don't want that for Joe Burrow. I want everybody to love Joe Burrow. I want free agents to want to come here. I want everything to go smooth. I don't need somebody being super, super hockey. So this is my take on it. I was telling um I was telling Ace before we started this thing. I'm like, man, maybe I'm just reading this the wrong way. But I listened to this energy twice. And I and I'm really, really good at reading people sometimes. He really comes off as a douche. Now, some douches are very, very successful in life. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is a douche, but he's very <laughs> successful in life. You know, some people are douchey like Baker Mayfield, and when things don't go their way, they want to get out. Or you know, and I'm not, I'm not even going to put that out there in an interview. I mean, in the in the universe. But I just did not like that. And there's a lot of different things. Like you know, before the game, he's like, "Yeah, we." I'm a national champion, and, and and I'm like, yeah, that's that's really confident. But you need to respect Clemson, you know, like, and that's what great leaders do. Like, and then when you beat the hell out of them, you don't go on a show and say, yeah, I mean, what I throw for? Like, they're asking them, like, you know, like, man, I don't, I mean, like, it was a sneaky 400. They're like baiting him in the question. It's like, yeah, but what I end up with, you know, like that's right. what me, that's what me and you are going to talk about. Like somebody, a Raven fan, talked to us. And say something and like, "Yeah, shut the hell up!" Like, what did he end up with though? Five hundred yards, bro. Like, you know, and, and we're and we're talking trash. We're going to do that for you, Joe Burrow. You don't have to go on national TV and talk trash to other to oppositions as the quarterback in the franchise. You know, like this is our future, bro. Like, I don't, I don't know. So I, yeah, did, no, I, I, did, I did not like that. I did not like that at all.
1: No, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, as the leader of a team, as the face of a franchise, especially uh given the reputation that Cincinnati has, they're going all in on this guy and that's not something that that really could be accessible. Uh, you know, I understand that, you know, he's he's accomplished a lot. He's won a national championship. He's trying to take it all in. But as you said, like somebody's gotta be in this kid's corner to make him uh make the right decisions. You know, going and doing a podcast drunk, probably not the best idea because you know, when everybody's drunk, as you know, like you said, you're not gonna be drunk in corporate America. At least, that's just not, you know, professionalism. We were kind of, you know, that's what you kind of learn in school is you don't drink um, on the job. Now you can have a drink after the job, you know, in the comfort of either your own home or in the comfort of somewhere that doesn't represent your organization. hell, I don't even take a drink wearing whatever uniform or if something has a logo or any of that. I don't do. I don't do that. Um, So, like you said, when you're out, you're representing the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, They're Joe Burrow, the future Bengals quarterback. So, when they ask you a question, like Jim said, of um, can you guys beat the Bengals? No comment. No comment means yes. So, then you're going to have to answer the guys like Joe Bixon and, uh, you know, guys like A.J. Green. Exactly. Two that are just going to immediately not like you because of that kind of answer and that kind of pompous kind of attitude. And, you know, AJ Green has kind of already said, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you do in college football. And college football, these guys have to realize it's not the same level as the NFL. The NFL is much faster. Things come a lot harder. And I'm not saying that, you know, Joe Burrow isn't going to do well in the NFL, but he has to realize what that hand here and take that task and be able to iron those issues out with with um, his his locker room roommate that he's going to be basically, you know, commanding and being in the foxhole with on every Sunday. He's going to have to talk about that. You're going to have to talk about the racial tweets. That's going to have to be addressed by you and guys in the locker room, which obviously I think the way that the guys embraced him at LSU, being knowledgeable about those tweets, I'm pretty sure they talked about it, addressed it, and have moved past it. I think, like you said, he's not a racist guy. Um, but, you know, I already saw a report about that today. That's going to be another national media uh, topic that they talk about. And it's interesting, and, it's, and I'm glad that they did not ask him about that with him being drunk. That's why you don't get on a podcast when you're drunk, because if anyone was an A-class journalist, they would get him loaded and ask him that question. Exactly. With, with him not having something prepared, that could make the situation even worse. So, uh, you know, Joe, we just want you to move smarter, man, and, and don't get baited by the media and these people that are going to be setting up traps for you to fall because, As much as you love hearing the media sing your praises, and if you're listening to this, this is the Orange is the New Black Podcast, but as much as you hear the media singing your praises, it can all change in an instant. Just ask Johnny Football. Just ask Baker Mayfield. They will turn on you like it's nothing for for any kind of clicks or, or debates that they can talk about, anything that's hot, that they can talk about, peers, they'll be talking about this probably tomorrow. If he went on that podcast drunk today, that will be a storyline tomorrow. That will be a storyline of them talking about it on, because they don't have anything to talk about. Exactly. So, so giving them something to talk about is not where it's at. Um, I also think the fact that he addressed the fans in Cincinnati, I think that that's cool. I don't think that he has to say that he loves Skyline Chili. I love that. I'm I'm glad that he was um, (laughs) aware of the situation, but I'm glad that he's also not conforming to what Cincinnati people just want to hear because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're your own person. What you like is what you like. That's cool. I actually thought it was pretty funny what he said. He was like, it's not real, Chilly. It's just basically. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so that was yeah. dope to hear. Um, but like Zem said, man, you guys know us. We're huge girlfriends. But at the same time, you got to keep things right and you got to move correctly because you could end up making mistakes like that Prescott did where you get into a DUI accident right before the draft and now, the next thing you know, you go from a first round pick to a fourth round pick. Not saying that's going to happen, but just move smarter, my God,
2: Move smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, Mike Brown. The, one of my biggest fears is Mike. It, it'll scare Mike Brown in that front office. Family oriented. I, I don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't think that they're, they're that that stupid to to just take like what I'm saying, like this one interview, or take a lot of these things and put them together and fall in love with somebody else. Like if 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 you have a friend that thinks the Bengals are the last in stock of the NFL, which is crazy to me, I got a tweet going crazy right now where I'm challenging the media that's currently talking about us like, Yeah, Joe Burrow shouldn't go to Cincinnati and all this other stuff. I'm like, where were y'all two thousand eleven through two thousand fifteen? And where is our zero win seasons? Where is that for y'all to like be talking trash about the Bengals, right? Like like we are not the Browns. Like I think they think that we're we're, we're the same organization. Like rest right. in peace, Sam Weiss. This is not Cleveland. <laughs> like I, I think I I really think that the media thinks that we're the same team. And I they think really they, do. I get I really that think team. that it, that they we're the same team. A lot of I people. Really do.
1: A lot of people that are ignorant about like the Bengals and stuff. Like I get this at work all the time. They're like, well, now you guys have OBJ and. I'm, I'm like, we're not the Browns, bro. Just because we're from
2: Ohio, we're not the Browns.
1: Just because the colors are similar, we're not the Browns. We're not
2: the Browns. And, but I think I think they group us. Like, when you think about the division, right, before the season starts, if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson and if it wasn't for the 1978 Steelers or whatever whatever the hell made a Steeler fan a Steeler, right, if it wasn't for that uniform every year, you would look at the Bengals in the same light as those those other two teams. Based off of success, if we're talking playoffs and stuff in the last decade for a young fan, like that, the only thing that, that, that's why I've always been like, well, I want us to be fun to watch. Like, if they're not fun to watch and you don't have an OBJ, and you can have an AJ Green if he goes about his business and he's still making the plays, or you got to auditate he goes about it, but, and it just be fun, right? Mm. But you got to have success. and, And through half of a decade, we made it to the playoffs. The Browns cannot say that. And what I'm saying is, like, I think most people think when they think about our division, no matter what, it's Ravens still. And I don't think, like, I don't, I mean, there's probably somebody that confused the Bengals with the Browns, like you're saying, like, like really confusing. them. But I'm saying, like, I feel like they're grouping us with them. Right. You know, like, just because they just think, no, nah, that division, like, they they don't win it. Like, it's, it's always Ravens and Steelers think that our success our success rate is that of the browns hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting
0: to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line
2: and that's the part where I think the national media is really really lazy right now or I I just threw the question out there and the the tweet blew up today and I just was telling people like like where were y'all 2011 through 2015 as much as I dog Dalton I think it's just because of the personality of the people on the team and how we went about business that they didn't get the highlights and stuff. And I can live with that. But to suggest that, like, if you get drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals, you're in forever purgatory. And, I mean, if you look at the Browns and the moves that they're making right now, them hiring, uh, what's his name, Stefani, uh, uh, Stefanski, the coordinator for the Vikings, is a Browns move. That's a right. stupid move. That's not – that's that's not the guy that they need. The Browns need a uh, Bill Parcells. Hey, let's uh, get rid of John Dorsey then. The guy that made us revelant and then just hired
1: Kevin Defense. That is, it, yeah, that's a Browns it,
2: move. It, it, that's a Browns move. It's got a Browns move right, written all over it. If you look at like our coaches, like Marvin Lewis and, and R R P you know, like all these guys, the the the, the moves that we generally make on a, on an overall basis to me. Are average or above average, but to suggest that you are, we are the brown, like we're gonna brown up all of these situations, would suggest that like we don't win it all, and that's and that's really false. And so, like they asked Mike Wilbon that, and Mike Wilbon had to check. Um, shout out to Mike Wilbon. He had to check um, Tony Kornheiser I was watching the show because, of course, now that we're listening, you guys are listening to this. We're on TV a lot more, guys, so that's a good thing. But Mike Wilbon texts him, and uh, Tony Kornheiser suggests like maybe he might pull an Eli Manning. That's what I get all day in my DMs. Uh, well, you think he gonna do an Eli Manning? I'm like, nah, bro. That's only happened like two times in the history of like the NFL. Like, is not it Dan Marino and like Eli Manning or something like that?
1: Wh- whatever, whoever the hell it was.
2: But I'm right, like, and it's
1: like, why would that even happen? Like, why would that? Why would you his... do
2: that to Cincinnati though? Like, of, like, right. like if you're gonna do that to me. I would do that with like a really, really like like the like say maybe say that about the Browns when Mayfield like Mayfield never had that that stigma behind him. Like mm-hmm. like did did you ever remember seeing a report where somebody was like, "Oh, Mayfield should just not even go there," or Kyler Murray shouldn't even go to the Cardinals? The Cardinals suck uh, 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 unless <laughs> we're talking about the Kurt Warner, um, you know year, you know what I'm saying like the Cardinals don't have a success rate as us. But nobody right. was sitting there saying Kyler Murray shouldn't go to the Cardinals. Why did they pick the Bengals to say that? I don't get that. Like, it, it, we were winning. And it, it, and, it, and when we weren't winning, right, think about how how mad the fan base was with seven wins.
1: Right.
2: Right? The Browns were happy as hell with six. <laughs> like, that, that just goes to show you, like, we we had a six win, a seven win, and another six win, right? And then we just right. had the four. The four, I mean, I'm sorry. Then we just win three games or two games, right? right. What do we win? Two, two games. Whatever. This is this is our first shitty, shitty, shitty season. We had bad seasons, but look how mad everybody was ready to boycott on my page when we went seven and nine. Right. But but people are suggesting that like, oh yeah, 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 he shouldn't even go there. That's another thing that's just like irking my nerves. But Mike Wilbon had to check uh, Tony Kornheiser and said, no, wait a minute, like. If Boomer Assassin, who Mike Wilbon covered, um, if uh, Ken Anderson, who Mike Wilbon covered, in those days were able to take these guys to the championship, why would you think that Joe Burrow couldn't do the same thing? And Tony Mm -hmm. Kornheiser kind of had this look on his face, like, oh, well, I mean, I guess if you put it that way. And he's like, this guy looks 20 times better than him. And then he kind of went in the Carson Palmer thing, too. He's like, maybe that's part of why y'all saying that. But he's like it's not that bad of a franchise like y'all are trying to paint it to be. Like there's a lot of missteps and there's a lot of things that we don't like collectively about our owner, which is fine. But there's probably about 20 other franchises that feel the same way about their owner like we do, believe it or not, people. Like, you know, like we are not the only ones that feel like our owner is cheap. Right. And, you know, me and you talked about that on the last episode. It's like I don't like the fact that they retain too many of the people. But the average fan goes to Zeitler, Whitworth, Sanu, and Jones and uses that as we don't we don't sign our guys back. And I'm like, No, these idiots signed T J. Johnson. These idiots signed Brandon LaFell. These idiots signed Preston Brown. It gave them good contracts. And I'm sitting sure. there thinking, <laughs> like, why would anybody pay them people that? But we did pay them people that. It's the I problem know, know the reason why guys, they don't but, they don't go get I free agents. Bobby Hart. But Bob that's not my guy. <laughs> that's, not, that's not my guy. But they they do pay these guys, and, you know, and and they don't pay everybody, and they shouldn't. And, and fans got to start looking at a lot of stuff like being realistic. We realistically need them to be active in free agency. The realistic fact is the same thing i said on this podcast is if you're going to go get those type of free agents, you have to have guaranteed money which means the money gets comes off the books up front. The Bengals like to take their TV money, the little bit that they get. That now matter, now you know, they're, I mean, I'm saying a little bit, still like eighty million, probably like a year. But right. they like to take that money and use to pay their salaries like after the fact or in a week by week. If you've ever had a friend in the NFL, they get a check every week. So like that check comes in, the Bengals want to pay it as you go, just like you do in your everyday life. So fans got to start getting realistic. But if you're if you're fucking Jerry Jones, you got trillion dollars. You don't think you don't care about paying ten million dollars front to anybody. If, right. if it means win, you know. But the Bengals don't have that luxury, and I sympathize with them. But at the same time, when they do have the cap space, they need to go and spend it and stop being cheap. So yeah. it, it goes it goes both ways. But it's these stigmas that aren't even existing anymore now that we're like 20 years removed from the actual event or like how I'm saying Sanu, like we, we offered Sanu, we offer I mean, I'm sorry, we offered uh, Marvin Jones. He didn't take it. Sanu felt a certain type of way. He went to the Falcons. If you look at his production from the Falcons, it doesn't even add up to what he wanted. So like all these players that they're, that everybody's saying got away, it's really four players and the rest of it is just people that, we should have signed a free agency, and they didn't want to spend the goddamn money to go get him. I can't be angry at the fact that they didn't go spend it, but I can not be angry at the fact that they're going to be cheap in some of these circumstances, which leads us to our final point. <laughs> free agency this year, going to be active. They got a rumor today, random Sheriff Um, from the Redskins, who I really, 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 really want as a guard. I think he would be a great fit left mm-hmm. guard. I, I said this to Ace. I think the other day off the air. I said, "Who they gonna play at left guard? Like y'all still want to run Michael Jordan out there? I want to give Joe, a, Joe, Joe, Joey, Joey Burr. I want to give Joey B every resource known to man to have him protected. I don't want him scrambling for his life, and I don't want him throwing it fifty times a game. I want him throwing it twenty times a game in his rookie year, handing the goddamn ball off, and I want him to be protected and healthy." And I do want to Brandon Sheriff. Do you think there's any validity to this report about Brandon Sheriff?
1: I think it's way too early. Um, why would you show your hand this early? Uh, I mean, exactly. I don't know what the I don't know what the tampering rules are uh, if that <laughs> if, if that exists. Um, it's way too early now. I, I'm not saying that it couldn't be possible, but to put this out there it would have to be. You know, his agent and somebody from the Bengals staff going out there. I don't think that this is valid just because now that I really think about this, like the Bengals are getting ready for senior bowl,
2: right? Mm -hmm. They're not
1: thinking about Brandon Sheriff right now. They're thinking about whatever guards they have on that team. Um, And like I said, with the tampering, like it's not the tampering period. Like the NFL season is still going on. How is this even coming out right now? And that's nothing against – Anybody that's reporting it, I'm not trying to throw shade or anything like that. I'm just saying, um, take that with a grain of salt because you know what the rules are. Um, it's you know, you know, this exactly. could be something that they could get in trouble for, where you have to give up a first round pick or something. Well, not a first round pick, but a draft pick. Period. If tampering is found, uh, but outside maybe of that,
2: maybe they'll just get Odell Beckham Jr. to deliver money to his house. How about that? <laughs> Like, just hand you know, out cash on camera like a dumbass. Like, I'm, like, I'm upset was, at him. Yeah. I like OBJ, bro. Like, I really do. I th- I just thought that was stupid. I'm sorry. That was very stupid.
1: <laughs> that was very
2: stupid. stupid. It's stupid. What? That was stupid. You don't live in Cleveland.
1: You don't have that <laughs> <own> money.
2: <laughs> we know you, Rich OBJ. You don't have to go and wait until the cameras are rolling to show it. We know. You get out of a, a, a fucking Rolls Royce every day of your life. We see it right. on your Instagram. We know you're rich. You don't have to go out there and try to uh show these young dudes like, "Hey bro, like here's five grand cuz now you finally can get paid." You idiot. Half of them dudes you gave the money to still play for LSU. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> right.
1: Not not a smart move by OBJ. But we're going we to get to the get free agent here, show.
2: Free agent show next week. I yeah, promise. Yeah. you. we
1: got we got to say this. But one thing that I want to talk about <laughs>
2: I hope you're recording here. tonight, because I said a whole lot, and it was some good stuff, and it is one of my favorite shows, Ace. I'm not going to oh, lie. We definitely, we definitely <laughs> recorded. <laughs> we <laughs> recorded. And you're not I drunk, heard. right? Oh, and you're not drunk. I'm not drunk.
1: <laughs> All definitely
2: right. Definitely not drunk. Um,
1: <laughs> but back to what I wanted to talk about, we, we, we kind of touched on it a little bit, um, and I actually got a uh, request from a friend of the the show, uh, my guy T. Moody. uh, I think you actually talked about him, Zim. Yeah, yeah, Um,
2: he's crazy. crazy. Zim
1: Zim said, I mean, not Zim said, uh, Moody said that we should talk about the subject of the Bengals' need to to trade the pick and the pressure from outside people saying that. Um, One, I'm going to merge two things, right? So, Moody is saying that, But then there's also this uh, trade scenario that clearly is possibly from a borough hater. But uh, this is the trade scenario. So, obviously, the Panthers signed Joe Brady. That kind of got a lot of Bengals fans emotional because they expected us to bring him in. But this trade offer says, and this was something that I was thinking about, and I had a friend that a friend of mine that listens to the show as well. My guy Javen. he's not even a Bengals fan; he's a Bucks fan. But he says that he loves hearing our perspective just on sports in general. He's a sports head, so shout out to you for listening to this. Um, but don't go into the Bucks. He had <laughs> asked. He was like, he was like, you know that the the Panthers are gonna have to make y'all a deal or make y'all an offer um to try to move up. Like they gonna, you know, they just got Joe Brady and all of this and that. So hypothetically, if this trade was offered to you, would you take it and do you see the Bengals trading down? The trade yep. offer is the <laughs> Bengals the Bengals get three first round draft picks. Nope. Um, they will get so they get the number seven overall, they get Carolinas first and twenty Actually, it says four first round draft picks, but that okay. doesn't seem realistic. But let's let's throw it in there because you're the rest the RG package. three got three. So four first round draft picks that includes mm-hmm. the number seven overall for this mm-hmm. year, okay. a twenty twenty second round draft pick, a twenty twenty mm-hmm. third round draft pick, and here's the cherry on the top and Cam
2: Newton
1: <laughs> in exchange for the number one pick.
2: I, I've fallen in love with the cultural impact of a Joe Burrow and what he means to Cincinnati so much that it would take more than that, and it would take more immediate stuff. I, it wouldn't be long term for me, so it'd be a no for me. Right, but, but 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 that is that is a really good trade, and that's something that the Bengals need to hear.
1: Right, I think is I think you're definitely right because. It's a substantial offer, but I'm thinking that that's contingent on the fact that Cam Newton is almost kind of fool's gold because he'd only be coming here on a one-year deal, right? And then you'd also have to pay more money for Cam Newton in in that instance as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess the picks will compensate. Say, Say you're trash and Cam doesn't come. And the guy that wanted stay Young, it did. so then we all talk three next next year, and then you'd be looking at Justin Fields and Lawrence or something like that, right? Because yeah, Lawrence, because Lawrence, cause Lawrence is arguably, I do like the I like his age versus Burrow, and, right. and I don't pay attention to that one game to define a uh, 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 Lawrence. This is another thing that people have been hitting me for. They've been like, man, so like Lawrence is trash, and I'm like, bro, no, he's not, and he's I think he'll be an excellent pro. I just think Joe Burrow is better for us. I don't think Trevor Lawrence would do good with our franchise versus anybody else. I mean, like, versus if he were to go to, I don't even know, maybe the Carolina Panthers, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that the mental fortitude and the personality and everything, everything has to match. And having an Ohio kid come through and take us to the promised land is just super powerful versus, I don't even know where Lawrence is from, but that he looks like a Cali kid. And I'm not trying to be judgmental or look at him or whatever, but just his demeanor and everything about him. Like, I don't want to walk down an alley with that kid. I'll walk down an alley with Joe Burrow. And I feel like the average Cincinnatian feels that way.
1: Right. I feel you. I feel you. Like, huh. like
2: that, to to me, that's how powerful Joe Burrow is, and it's beyond just picks. So who the who – um, You got to ask that question like there's nothing you literally – you couldn't offer me anything unless – we. if I'm an owner, you would have to be saying, yeah, I want a percentage of your franchise. <laughs> like, no, oh, that's, that's the only thing that could move me. Picks wouldn't move me because they, they don't pan out. I know who Joe Burrow is now, and I know what he represents. If he ends up having an average career – I mean, I mean, define average, I guess, right? Like, let's say he's he's Dalton. I just think his attitude alone and the hope that he brings, and just being able to play, and it's just so impactful that somebody, people that don't live here, I'm saying here, and I'm not in Cincinnati. People that are not Cincinnati Bengals fans, they don't get it. They don't get it. Like, if you you ain't won a playoff game in thirty years, and you know, it's a lot of pain here. You know, like when I when we talk and, and, I'm, and I'm generally happy or whatever, yeah, but there's a lot of pain there and it's a lot of bad memories too. And Joe right. Burrow represents something greater than that. And that's why I come up with this moniker, like Burrow babies and stuff, because I don't want people that are young to grow up thinking that the Bengals are trash. Like how when I grew up, I thought the Patriots were trash. Like right. they were very, very trash when I was young. Like, that was the team on Tecmo that you wouldn't even pick. You would go skip right past the Patriots every time. Right. You know, so, like, I don't want kids to wake up like, I mean, to grow up like that. And that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to, people ask me about trades and stuff like that, and I'm like, there's nothing you could do. If I'm Mike Brown and the Panthers say, yeah, I'll give you 1% of my franchise or something like that, which is, you know, like, that's probably like 80, you know what I'm saying? It's like $80 million if they were to sell it, it's one, it's 1%, you know? Yeah, Then you say it, and then then you always have, you know, that that, that residual income or something like that. It had to be something like that because picks just don't pan out sometimes, as we know. People say, hey, man, let's go get an offensive lineman. Let's go to the – bro, we got three first-round offensive linemen, and look at how bad y'all talk about the offensive line every week. Right. Ace, this is my favorite. This is my favorite episode. Big (laughs) (laughs) Like, but you know what I'm saying? Like, whoever, if you're listening to this right now, and your friends are saying, and they're a Bucs fan or they're Lions fan, they're telling you about a pick, or, well, man, what if we gave you like this? Or if you watching watching Instagram. We
1: don't want it. Bro. We don't want
2: any of those picks. We don't picks. want any of that. we taking Joe. Like, it's stupid. It, it doesn't even make sense. We're taking Joe Burrow. I don't, it, it, say he wants to do an Eli Manning. I don't give a shit. Mike Brown, that's my bro. <laughs> He ain't, he gonna make sure he never plays a, uh, he never throws a football again. And I don't feel no type of way about it. You're going yeah. to play for the Bengals, Joe Burrow.
0: Like, whether
2: you whether like it or not. And I'm sorry to say it like that, but this is the way it goes. After your four years, this, you hate
1: it. This is the way. I don't know if y'all watch The Mandalorian or not, but Joe Burrow, this is the way.
2: This is this is the way. This is this. That's as simple as it gets. This is the way. If Joe Burrow says he, that's the worst case scenario. Say he said he don't want to play for the Mike Brown. Say I'm a I'm a draft him anyway, right? And then another team I have to still come in with this crazy offer just to get him, because that's the way Mike Brown thinks. Because I think like that too. Like this is the guy, and he better get ready. And that's why I'm so upset at that interview, because I'm like, no, you better get on board with this. This is happening. Put, okay you won a national championship, get drunk every day of the week for the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, but don't let me see it. <laughs> like right. go do your thing. Go you're twenty three, bro. Live it up. Go to every strip club in, in Vegas and, and LS oh, I mean not like, do
1: let, let the Boosie models and
2: and uh... <laughs> Boosie gonna find him. When is Boosie gonna catch up <laughs> with Joe Burrow? Do you I think Joe know. Burrow did, do you think Joe Burrow knows who little Boosie is?
1: Yeah, he knows who Boosie is. He Facetime with him. For real? Yeah, he Facetime with Boosie. What? It's on, it's on Boosie's IG. They, like, real cool. they actually real cool. What? That's yeah. crazy. Look, Boosie Joe, said, cause,
2: Boosie cause said Boosie. that
1: he's going to throw him, like, before the national championship happens. He said if he wins the national championship, that he is going to throw him a party with supermodels and all kind of stuff.
2: So that's coming. Part don't of not do a podcast. Part, that. Part, of the, <laughs> don't, part of the speculation about the OBJ thing is that this is, a, this is somebody I have that's in the league is saying that OBJ made a, a bet with somebody that was there that I'm not going to say, with somebody that was there that is a Clemson fan and it's supposed to be for, like, $10 million or something crazy like that. Like, it wasn't with Vegas. It's like a person, and that was OBJ. Showing a person like, Yep, thank y'all for winning this bet for me to the players, and then letting the the guy who I'm talking about see the fact that, Look, yeah, I want all this money, and I'm about to give all, all of this cash off tonight, and you're going to pay me. That's like the inside story on why OBJ was passing out money. But I think it's so funny that Boosie, like, Boosie is me with Joe Burrow. <laughs> like, have y'all, if y'all, if you're listening to this, and you don't listen to rap music. When we were younger, Lil Boosie was, like, the man. It's so funny from, from a rap standpoint. But it's so funny now that he's a social media, like, gym now, right? Because he was the most gangster rapper you ever seen. And I guess he still is, right? But – um when he talks about Joe Burrow, he talks about him the same way I do. He'd be like, nobody better ever say nothing about Joe Burrow. He could around here. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's how I be. <laughs> like, I, I'm arguing with my Steelers fans and all this stuff. Like, they be like, yeah, Joe Burrow, we going to stack him. I'm like, man, yeah, whatever. Like, we want all the smoke, and I'm just talking all my trash all weekend. So it's just great that he actually talks to man and Joe Burrow's not shying away from it. What kind of music do you think Joe Burrow listens to?
1: Uh, he's an Ohio kid. Um, who do you think is his favorite better. artist? I'm, if just, you could, I'm I'm just trolling right now. I was gonna say Dave Matthews Band because when I grew up in Ohio, that's who it,
2: some of the guys I went to school with listened to. But I'm gonna I'm, a, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find out if y'all listen to this. Somebody might know. Somebody tweet me. I'm tweet my say man. That he's this hip that he's listening to that Roddy Rich album. I think he's listening <laughs> to that Roddy Ricch album. <laughs> Hell right no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. The only way he listens to that is because in the locker room. We got to close the show <laughs> off. But I do have a challenge to you. If anybody's listening to this right now, tweet my man Ace at New Stripe City on or Twitter or tweet me at Zim underscore who they. If you have a tweet or you have something that show me what Joe Burrow listens to, not in the locker room, who does he listen to? I have like a, a small prize for you. But I'm going to go on a limb. I'm a t- I am think Joe Burrow, like, he looks like a Lil Wayne fan to me.
1: Ooh, Lil Wayne. That's a solid pick. A I, solid I don't pick. know why. He he just strikes me as a Lil Wayne fan.
2: I'm going to well, go we Lil know,
1: Wayne. We know your man Dalton was a Lil Wayne fan from the Bengals and <clears throat> 90s party.
2: He's a Lil <laughs> Wayne fan. When does he listen to Lil Wayne? He don't know no lyrics.
1: At the, at, yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> I'm, talking about, I'm talking about bar for bar.
2: No, he's he just not, bro. Yes,
1: bro. I will send you the video after the pod. You
2: what know? if we just wasn't, what if we wake up tomorrow and Dalton's like just shitting on the Bengals playing like Gucci Man in the background or something, <laughs> and like and and then, and then like singing like every word off of like Trap House or something like that. I'm like, telling you, and it wasn't was like
1: right. it wasn't even a, a super commercial Wayne song either. It wasn't like Lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> What? It was like a little shit. I'm gonna send you the video, bro. <laughs> well, that, we that's just,
2: that's that's funny, bro. Like we that's so crazy because I thought I thought he would be listening to Jesus is King, but you telling me he off, of, <laughs> he off of a little, little wing. Nah, done with the shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold uh, on, we gonna close the show out. I told these people I wrote this funny comment on this. I'm sorry, this is the last thing. I wrote a comment. I told people. Oh, what did I tell? It was somewhere in Sensei, I said. God, I can't find it. But anyway, I wrote a, a comment, and it got retweeted everywhere, and it got posted on on the internet and all this stuff. I was just writing a funny comment and just saying, because somebody said, what's your favorite dog moment? I was like, the, the one time he passed me that gas when we was in the club at somewhere. And so people copied the tweet and were, like, sending it to me, like, bro, I'm going to show you this when we get off the air, bro. Like, This is uh, like... A, uh, this is a Zemulay, like, classic right? where people actually, I was trolling, but they actually thought I was really smoking weed with daughter. And then later on that same week, he's got a photo where he's posted up in some street and he's throwing up a peace sign with his hat on, like, sideways. And so it's, <laughs> bro, it's like the craziest domino effect, but I'm going to show you. It's, just, it's silly as hell. All right, y'all. I'm sorry for talking so much. This is my favorite show. Ace, thank you so much for being patient with me. I know I had a lot to say, but... Guys, we just want to win. That's it. who Hootay. Hootay.